This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, December 8, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. John Kerry goes to Capitol Hill to defend the president's plans in Iraq and Syria as members of Congress attempt to actually have a debate on the president's powers. Chris Preble is vice president for defense and foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute. He comments. There are two stories here that are related, uh, but not the same. One has to do with the debate over whether there should be a debate uh, over war with ISIL, ISIS in Iraq and Syria. And so you have Rand Paul and Tim Kaine and Bob Mendendez and others uh, offering up competing uh, AUMF authorization to use military force. Um, and, and you have others criticizing that they would even suggest that there should be a debate. Rand Paul, for his part, is suggesting of all things, a declaration of war. Yeah, wouldn't that be an interesting change of pace? Uh, we haven't had one since World War II. Um, it is true that when you have a declaration of war, it sets in train a number of powers of the federal government that don't exist otherwise. Uh, for some of us, that's an argument for not going to war in the first place. Uh, but if you're engaged in a war in all but name, um, then it seems to me at a minimum you should have congressional authorization, which we have had for the major military operations that the United States has conducted. Uh, John Samples wrote about this a couple years ago. So when there is the likelihood of large-scale uh, uh, American casualties, then you'll usually have some kind of formal statement by the Congress in support. But here we have somebody like Duncan Hunter mm -hmm. on the other side of this saying – well, we'll just uh, increase procurement of drones uh, to drop bombs. That way we don't have to introduce as many U.S. service members. And the need for actually declaring war uh, when uh, there are no U.S. service members or very few U.S. service members involved goes away. Ne never mind that you're still raining terror down on some part of the world. That's that's an excellent point, Caleb. Um, no, I think that we have a tendency uh, here in the United States to we, – we take for granted that our security is quite uh, strong in, in a way that others don't. Uh, and so – but we don't always take into account how our actions around the world uh, may be perceived by others. Sometimes those actions are necessary regardless of how they're perceived. Uh, I think this is a debatable point with respect to ISIS, but let's have the debate. I mean, this is the point. We should debate it. Um, and there is a bipartisan desire – this is both among senior Republican leaders as well as most Democrats – to not debate it. So I commend Senator Paul, Senator Kane. Uh, Menendez was, I think, sort of brought to this um, at the 11th hour, but whatever. Uh, it's, it's encouraging to me that some in the Senate and, of course, a few in the House would actually like to debate this. It doesn't appear that we will actually have a debate. The rumor is that most Republicans, knowing that they're going to have even stronger um, representation in, in January, would prefer to postpone it, at, if at all. And uh, but it, it's, it sort of reminds us just how much the Congress has uh, – how much the Congress's authority has atrophied and how the president really does get to do whatever he wants whenever he wants to do it. And just to be clear, once again, 
what is the legal authority on which the president is resting his case for these particular actions? Well, there are two broad types. One is the authorization to use force against Iraq from 2002 and related the post 9-11 authorization to use force. Now, the the 2001 AUMF, or the you know the immediately after 9/11, talked about Al Qaeda and its affiliated groups, and that's where this gets a little uh, uh, ridiculous, frankly, because ISIS uh, and Al Qaeda are bitter enemies. They have they are sworn enemies. ISIS on the ground is fighting Al Qaeda's main uh, branch, the Nusra Front. Uh, th- these are these are mortal enemies. They are fighting against one another. So the idea that we can we can attack them under the uh, 2001 AMF seems absurd. In a similar vein, the 2002, the Iraq War AUMF, was mainly, of course, focused on Saddam Hussein, who's long since dead. Uh, good for, good for that, uh, us. Uh, and uh, it seems absurd, again, that we're waging war against ISIS under those authorities. Now, apart from the AUMF, there's the argument the president has authority as commander-in-chief, but also just to repel attacks against the United States uh, and this sort of inherent authority does not derive from Congress's authorization. Um, the the uh, administration's position is that they have all the authorization that they need, they have all the authority they need f- from either a combination of the AUMFs and his inherent authority. Uh, but I think at a minimum, most people agree. I, I think most people agree that a new AUMF that more clearly defines who it is we're fighting right now would would clarify some of these ambiguities. My preference would be for us to sunset the existing AUMFs and actually start from scratch with the current war that we're actually fighting now. Um, but and, and there's some support for that in Congress, but uh, but not sufficient, it seems. All right. Uh, what is John Kerry going to tell Congress in defense of uh, the president's decisions? Well, in terms of the authorization, I think Kerry is, is going to try to thread the needle as he has in the past, which is to say that they have the authority they need, but they would not object per se to Congress weighing in, presuming that Congress is going to give them the authority they want. If they actually thought Congress was going to hamstring their operations in any way, they wouldn't want Congress to weigh in in the first place because, as we know, the president's power is at his weakest when the Congress has clearly stated its intentions. This goes back to a case uh, during the Korean War era, the the steel seizure case. So if Congress weighs in uh, emphatically on this point, then the the administration's claims are a little bit shakier. The other thing that I expect, and and this will retransition to the other part of this discussion, is just not the authorization, but the actual war itself. What is it we're fighting? Who are we fighting? Because I think Kerry is also going to be challenged to describe the administration's strategy towards ISIS, ISIL, in both Iraq and Syria. Uh, and there are some differences between the, the fight in the two countries, but of course, ultimately, ISIS's uh, power is is that they are they are creating a, a state uh, within two states that should have been drawn years ago or was undrawn, you know, after World War after World War One. Uh, in in Syria, in particular, the the harshest critics of the administration's policy, and I think John McCain would be the leader of this faction say that you cannot have an authorization to use force, you cannot have a strategy that does not also include going after Bashar Assad. This is a three-sided civil war. So what he is in effect calling for is for the United States to wage war against two of those three sides 
on behalf of the weakest of the three sides. Now, that's a, that's a serious argument to make, uh, but I think it does require going to the American people and saying clearly, we are waging war on behalf of a group that is uh, in, you know, in great distress, is significantly out, outmanned, and we are in turn taking on two enemies simultaneously. Uh, it will be a much, much more extensive operation than the famously uh, targeted strikes that S Secretary Kerry tried to make a case for war against Syria a few years ago after the chemical attack. Uh, and I still don't see uh, the public sentiment in favor of a major military operation to reshape the political order in Syria, let alone Iraq, where we've also already tried that several times and have failed. So um, I do think the debate tomorrow and, and subsequently over the course of the week will include both whether or not Congress should have the authority to do this and what it is we are trying to accomplish. Uh, and I, I hope that's the case. I hope that we debate both things uh, because both are debatable. Chris Preble is Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more on the powers delegated and not delegated to the White House at our website, cato.org.